from Kurtco Media. It's summer, and that means family fun and family travel. Here to share his expert insights and his top family destinations is the CEO of one and only resorts, Philippe Zuber. I'm Bruce Wallen, and this is Travel That Matters. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the season two finale of Travel That Matters. This is the podcast where we explore the world's most exceptional and meaningful travel experiences, and we meet some of the fascinating people who make them possible. We at Travel That Matters are getting ready to take a little summer vacation. Hopefully you're already off somewhere on some great adventure or or have some fun travel plans coming up. For me, summer travel means family travel. Those, you know, great family vacations we all remember from our childhood. Definitely, definitely some of my best memories, things like going to British Columbia with my family when I was probably eight or nine years old and seeing bald eagles and and river otters and bears for the first time. I remember another trip. We went to Scotland. I was probably 16. And I remember playing golf with my dad on some, you know, spectacular Scottish course and then having our first pint together after the round. But even just the, you know, the simple road trips, the camping trips in the Sierras or, or on a beach somewhere, that is what summer is all about for me. And that's what, what family travel is all about for me. It's even more important to me now because I have my own kids. That's, well, I've, I've actually had my kids for, for a fair amount of time. That's not a new development or anything, but, but the point is that we have had some pretty spectacular summer trips over the years. This summer, our big vacation is going to be a road trip back up through the heart of Mexico to the United States. I'll talk about that a bit in my wrap up at the end, but for now, I want to introduce my very special guest, who is not only one of the leaders in luxury travel, but is also a genuine expert in someone who is extremely passionate about family travel. His name is Philippe Zuber, and he's the CEO of Kersner International and of the company's luxury hotel brand, One and Only Resorts. Philippe is from France, but he's lived abroad for more than 20 years. His two sons have grown up all over the world, Asia, the Middle East. Their current home is Dubai, which he actually recommends very highly for families. On that note, he's going to take us to a couple other places that you might not really think of you know, as a classic family destination, but Philippe will convince you to the contrary. He's also going to take us to a couple of places that you've never heard of, I guarantee it, and offer up some very interesting ideas on how to get your kids involved in and inspired by travel and travel planning. And yes, we are going to talk to Philippe about some of one and only's new and upcoming properties everywhere from Big Sky, Montana, which another great family destination, of course, to Montenegro's Bay of Kotor. I actually interviewed Philippe at one and only's Mandarina Resort on the Riviera Nayarit, which is just up the coast from me here in Puerto Vallarta. That is an absolutely stunning property, unlike anywhere else I've been in Mexico. Speaking of which, this is the last episode I am recording here in Mexico before our family trip back up to the States. So who better to wrap up this season and my time in Mexico than the family travel expert and one and only CEO, Philippe Zuber. Philippe Zuber, welcome to Travel That Matters. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. 
we are actually at the one and only Mandarina in beautiful Riviera, Nayarit, Mexico. Incredible place. We're going to talk about that in a bit. But first, I want to talk about a subject that I know you are very passionate about. I am very passionate about family travel, traveling with your kids. Let's just jump in. Best family trip you've ever taken. What is it? Interesting. Best travel ever is the travel to come. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Always something to look forward to. But um, yeah, interesting. If I have to pick up one, I will definitely pick up uh, Rodrigue Island. So this island is um, in the middle of the Indian Oceans. It's a one and a half hour flight from Mauritius. And it's between La Réunion, which is a French territory, and Mauritius, which is an independent country. So that's a small island where the father of my wife come from. And they've lived their whole entire life in Europe, but they have decided to go back to retire there. And for us, was always has been such a pleasure and a discovery. We have been there many, many times, but I must say that any vacation travels, Rodrigue Island is the best you can imagine. You have first a very low back approach, meaning it's really calm and it's really a place which obliges you to disconnect and to really enjoy sceneries, the beauty of uh, the beaches, the beauty of this little island. It's taking you a little bit back in history. You are not immersed into a kind of a heavily commercial environment. Food is excellent. People are amazing. I'm disclosing a secret, actually. <laughs> <laughs> now, is, is, this, is this French territory? Yeah, Bruce, it's totally part of Mauritius. Oh, it is part of Mauritius. Okay. So it's a kind of a separate island. Okay. Most people do not know about, really. I mean, we've all heard about Mauritius, but, but Rodriguez, we would, I would say Rodriguez. That, that sounds absolutely amazing. Now, what about, you know, are there nice places to stay? Is it the kind of thing, do you stay with family when you're there? Or, or are there, like, nice beach hotels? So... The hotels are just starting, I must say. I mean, it's not that much developed as we speak. The best way to enjoy is to live with the locals, which you have a few opportunities. You know, they're renting some beach houses or some houses a little bit higher up into the mountain. But uh, the way we have discovered is definitely from uh, my parents-in-law, which have decided to build a villa there. Then we have been visiting them and uh, starting to really enjoy it from inside, you know, and get the, the joy of the connections and how to get the best lobster or the best fisherman, how you get the best honey, how you get the best of any of the produce, but really, really done into a very organic way. Because as I was mentioning to you, it looks like it's a bit from the past, but then they have preserved ways of uh, doing agriculture, really looking after the fish looking after the ocean conservation into a very, very nice way. So it's something which is very, very special. Wow. And so, and so rare, hard to find that in today's world for sure. So you go to Mauritius and you stay at the one and only, I presume, and then you take the trip out to Rodriguez Island. And so this is a place that your, your children have gone to a number of times, obviously. What about, is there, you know, one place that you've been only once or, or, you know, that kind of special one-time high-impact trip that just kind of defined what, what family adventure is all about for you? Let me tell you, Bruce, a little bit from a family concept about troubles and how we as a family have decided to embark our children to enjoy traveling and discover the world. So... 
first of all, at the age of 10, they can select any trips that they want. So they have the choice to select the destinations. And they have the same opportunity at the age of 20. So they have two iconic trips, which my children have to select. So that's something that it's really, really important over those time. We are selecting the trips as parents sure. to go to the destinations. But that was quite exciting. And, and that has taken us to area that potentially we have not thought of. You know, so so where have they? What have they, I'm curious? What have they chosen? So when they were each ten, what did they? What did they choose, and where did you go? The first trip, the first of my children, which has done uh, ten years old, he had select Vietnam. Wow. So we've been to Vietnam, we've been to Halong Bay, we've been sailing in Halong Bay, we've been to absolutely fantastic adventures, and that really was something which was very, very, very special. He had really a, an attraction for that country at that time. And it has prepared this trip quite a lot. My second son had select US. So as a 10 years old boy, he was willing to, you know, have the California dream that from a European kids, you know, he can see on the movies. And I must say, it must have not been into our priority trips. And, and that was quite, quite, quite amazing. And my second son, you know, which turned 21, is 20 years trip. We have decided to took the entire family to Rwanda. Another very good choice. Yes. <laughs> so now we cannot wait. We're waiting the, the selection for my second son for his 20 years trip. I, I, I love that. I want to talk to you about this Rwanda trip because um, I'm, I'm very curious how that is with children. But, you know, I, I love giving them the choice of where to go because, you know, I, I think a lot of us agree that clearly giving children choice, they're more engaged and they want to do things more. and I've done a lot of that on specific trips is like, once we're there, you know, Hey, why don't you choose what we're going to do today or, or something, but to actually have them, you know, have that marker to look forward to at the age of 10 and the age of 20, and they can think about it and get excited about it. Like, like we get excited about travel. Right. And, and I think that's so important when they're just like told, Hey, we're going to Hawaii. They don't build that excitement quite in the same way. So I, I think that's fantastic. Okay. So Rwanda. It can be Rwanda. It can be wherever. Tell me about you know a moment on one of these trips or or various moments that really just kind of encapsulated why that was a good idea and like what you love about experiencing these places with your kids. So I must say that we have some common passions. I think it's good to have something to share and something that everyone is looking forward. And I think in any families, you need to creating those common goals. You know, so. Of course, it's the joy of travels, it's the joy to discover new countries, but we absolutely have a passion for food. We select absolutely amazing place to dine. We are doing much more than that, but that's a starting point that we get excited, that we search, and that we get a journey building around those trips, which is always have an anchor into food. And I must say that by that, we have been going to so many places, discovered so many tastes. And one of the things which are the most proud of is that as a parent, you know, what else you can give to your children to be healthy, to have good educations, to be open to the world, but is as well to have the biggest opportunity to improve their taste. You know, taste is very, very important. You have so much by that, you know. So the fact that they can taste spices in South Korea in Vietnam, in Thailand, in Mexico. And food is everything. We 
view, we might have common discussion around music, around movies, around art. But if you go to some other countries, there might be so many points of differentiations that I might have no idea about what they like for movies, for novella, for whatever, you know. Food is the place where everyone reunites. And I think what we learn among all of those trips is so much rich variety. And all of them, they also want to be cook in the future. I regret that, but, uh, <laughs> but they know. They know taste and your food. And that's me and my wife, we're extremely proud of that. So, I mean, we are in one of the world's finest food destinations here in Mexico. Where have you, you know, what's the one place that stands out as a place that all of you just discovered new tastes and learned new things and, and, and just fell in love with the food culture? Yeah, I think we have one place that has been uh, what you call 100 points. <laughs> <laughs> that everyone who's absolutely blew away is Japan. Every one of us thought that we know about sushi, that we know about sashimi, that we know about uh, Japanese uh, culinary arts and everything. And we just have been smashed, you know, smashed by taste, smashed by beauty, by aesthetics. And we've been to Mishnah star restaurant. We've been to street restaurants. We have just been blown away, you know, and um, it's so rich and it's so special into the way that they display the food. So... That was really something that had big memories. And I think we're all uh, planning to go back. <laughs> I, I completely agree. And I, 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 after my trip to Japan, I just decided there's, there's no such thing as a bad meal in, in Japan. Every, you know, no matter where you go, it's interesting. And, and some of it's challenging as, you know, an American used to certain things and you're eating things that you've never eaten before. And the smells and the flavors are, are challenging, especially for, for younger people, right? I went there with my oldest daughter when she was probably 15, 14. And I thought she was, you know, that was a good age, but I do feel like younger children, it can be a, Japan could be a challenge. How, how old were, were your kids and how did they react to, to those? Ways? Clearly they loved them, but you know, how old were they? And do you think it, there is a, a good age to, to experience Japan? I think Bruce, this is a very, very important point. You know, when you select travels, you have to be careful that the travels that you select adjusted to the age of your children in order for them to continue to be engaged. So from the first part, I think you will be selecting places with a lot of activities for children that they can discover and that they have as well a safe place to relax. Because sometimes going to country and, you know, doing long distance flights might be as well a point of disruptions for the children. So yep. you need to always select a safe place to be and then going in adventure, going to explore but it should not be a 16 hours per day exploration. If not, you're saturating your children by too many information and it doesn't work. And vacation for them as well is relaxed. And it's really spending the time with the parents and with the environment. So that's really, really important. Soon as they move to teenagers, it needs to be places where they have a point of interest. And what we did, and I'm sharing another tips as a father, Whatever we were doing a trip, I give you an example. We were in Japan. Japan is a perfect place for teenagers. So what we did, each of our children and each of us, we say, you are in charge of the program for the entire day. So my son was in charge. He can do whatever he wants. We were following him. Same for me. I had to do a program. Same for my other son. Same for my wife. And whatever they were selecting, we were following. They had a budget doesn't go overboard, right? But then we'd be to New York. New York was, was well, you know, 
in another trip. That was our selection yeah. with my wife. Perfect destination for teenagers, mm -hmm. you know, the best. They get excited about that. There's so much shopping. You have entertainment. So each of the days, each of them, they were selecting a very, very detailed program. So, you know, we've been uh, watching a basket game, but that was something that he was looking at, but that was really, really nice. Which is a great thing to do in another country, I think, is uh, going to a major sporting event in a, in a, in a foreign country is one of the, the great travel experiences, in my opinion. Absolutely. And this type of tips is really helping our children to get engaged with the trips. Then everyone try to really be in charge of a program. And when you are not in charge of the program as a parent, actually is extremely nice. Because if you have the pressure of timing to go there, to visit there, to book the restaurant, to go there, if you are totally under the hand of your wife, of your children, you in fact enjoying the vacation much more. And that's the secret. And I really enjoy those moments, you know. You know, I think you bring up a good point is the evolution of traveling with the family, just like we evolve as, as personally as travelers, but the evolution of traveling with your children and being able to push the envelope a little bit, not just kind of relying on the same thing every time. Like the, the kids do want, want something new. I've, I've, always, <laughs> I've always said that, you know, kids don't care about a, a beautiful view. Right. They, they don't care. They just like, that's not going to, you know, as an adult, we can sit and look out at a beautiful landscape and, and be happy. But kids, they, they need something different than that. Right. And so and, and the activities that they want to do are often different. So I think that's an excellent, excellent solution. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to hear about gorilla trekking and other great family vacations with one and only CEO, Philippe Zuber. Close your eyes and picture this. A new year of exploration with Qatar Airways. 2024 is not just another year. It's your canvas on which to paint memories around the globe. From the bustling streets of Thailand to the untamed beauty of Nairobi, the urban elegance of Singapore, and the peaceful shores of Bali, our world is rich with destinations waiting to be discovered. Every journey tells a story, and with over 170 destinations in our network, your story is just waiting to unfold. Planning your next chapter is simple with our intuitive website and mobile app, and rest assured, the price you see is the price you pay. No hidden fees. Where will your story take you next? Begin at QatarAirways.com. That's Q-A-T-A-R Airways.com. Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these, I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you and it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen.
Now, another destination that you brought up that that is not for little kids, um, specifically because there are rules about permits for the gorillas, is Rwanda. When did you do this trip? And and I know you have two new, fairly new properties there. It is one of the you know ultimate travel experiences seeing seeing the gorillas in Rwanda. Can you can you tell us a little bit about a uh, what age they were, how, how that trip was, and then also a little bit about your, your properties there. So that's what was actually last year. So we have decided to take my mother alongside with us. So a real multi-generational trip. You can only go and visit the gorilla if you were above the age of 16. So for younger children, it's not really the place to go unless, you know, the parents are going and visiting the gorilla and then uh, they are staying in the hotel. The hotel is so beautiful. There's so many things to do at the hotel. But one of the main reasons to go there is to go and enjoy one hour with the gorillas. And that was always for my son a wish to go. And of course, he had heard me preparing this hotel and part of all of the project until we have opened that resort. So the best way to do and what I advise is to spend at least a week there. Very often, people are just going to go to visit the gorilla, and then after they go to another destination. Right. What we did, which is really, really special, we've been visiting three different families of gorilla. You're visiting a family, is like, Risa, we come to your family, and then next day, we come to another family. It's so different, you know, okay. so unique, the way first that you have to access, and the secondly, how to engage with this family of gorilla. The resort sits at 2,000 meters altitude. So it's quite high altitude and you have to at least walk two hours until you reach the families. Mm -hmm. So the journey to reach the families is actually extremely exciting. You know, you can go to very, very intense jungles or to very, very difficult parts. And actually it's quite physical, but the journey to get there, it's something that makes it very, very special. So then finally you find those families never know how interaction with the silverbacks, with the babies, with uh, whatever the interconnections with the families. And that's very, very, very special. I mean, I cannot say how much it's really giving you an emotion level to have an opportunity to spend one hour with such a kind of an extent families and see how does it works. You are in a pure nature. So you as well into a wild environment that, you know, you have to look after where you sit on the mountain and you have to fight against some uh, very, very dense jungle elements, but it's actually really, really beautiful. And then you have the way back, which is equally interesting. And then after you will have memory for, for life, you know. We've talked about that before on the show of, you know, when you have to work for something, the, the payoff's even even better. If you just kind of drive right up to the gorillas and, and look out your window and see them, it's not quite the same as, as having to go through that forest and, and find them. And, and, you know, quite honestly, sometimes you might not find them. It is, it is possible. So that is wonderful. And that, look, Rwanda is now certainly kind of known for that gorilla experience. Tell us a little bit about the, the other property that you have in Rwanda, because I don't think people think of Rwanda as kind of a big five safari destination, but from what I understand, it is. So Rwanda has so much to offer, but um, what we're very proud and what is really, really important to notice is that when we start this venture with one and only gorilla nest, there were only nine families of gorilla left. And 
because of the work with the government, the permits to go and access the gorilla and the conservations, which comes along our resort, now there's more than 25 families. And we're talking about species which are in danger and situations which are complicated. But in fact, for one of the first time, we are able to reverse a very complicated situation towards a positive situation. And that's really something which is important because we're talking about sustainable tourism and we're talking about giving something that helps gorillas and as well a whole country to benefit from. So we're very, very proud to be part of, of this element. But like you said, Wanda is not only the gorilla and we have another resort, what I'm only new warehouse which is quite in a far distance for one and only gorilla nest. It sits in a beautiful tea plantations where you can pick the teas, you can learn how to brew teas, and there is a lot of interaction. Who would have thought that you can do that in the middle of Wanda? That sounds fantastic. I, I'm, a, I'm a tea lover. I, I want to go to Sri Lanka to go to the tea country there. So that, that's a Rwandan tea country. Sounds great too. And the nature and the interactions, you know, you see really rare species. You can do bird watchings. You can see the golden chimps and you really, really immerse into an environment that you will not forget. So we intend to really push more for one and only new warehouse, which is totally complementary to one and only gorilla nets, because it's not only about visiting the gorilla as well, is the interactions with our colleagues of property, is understanding Rwanda as a destination. And we got to continue to move and further develop more for one and only quite bullish in Africa. And we really believe that we would be able to create additional experiences, which really will give what our brand promises is everlasting memories, amazing experiences. Can you give us a little hint as to where in Africa that, that might be happening? Is it more in, more in Rwanda or, or beyond? It will not be in Rwanda, but we have taken the world by surprise by deciding to go to one and only nature resorts. So now we have gained experiences. So like I say, to deliver those experiences, you need time and you need to gain experiences because working in a wildlife environment, it's very, very, very complex. Mm -hmm. And we have to guarantee the security of our guests. We have to guarantee the whole experiences. So it was important for us to take the time to understand. And now we are ready to get to the next level and watch the space. Well, I know you have a Cape Town property as well, so I could see a very, very nice circuit there one of these days. So let's talk a little bit more about where we are right now, Mandarina, and the one and only here. You opened here a couple years ago. It's been almost two years. Tell us a little bit. I mean, this is a wild, wild stretch of coast, an absolutely spectacular setting. It's not Cabo. It's not Cancun. It's its, its own place. Tell us a little bit about what attracted you to being a little bit more remote and out there and, and, and what it requires to build a resort in this, in this location. So we opened in 2020, but it took six years in the planning. It's a pure jungle and we have decided preserving maximum of trees and by making sure that we are building around the trees. And we have tried with the ownership to imagine a resort, a real one and only one of a kind, which is really, really special. And I think, you know, we are currently sitting on this resort and we see two years after the opening of the magic happens. There is nothing like this in the world. 
it's absolutely beautiful at every time of the day. But Bruce, talking about family and go back to family, the kids club here, you would never have seen a kids club of that for the entire world. It's so special. I, d- I drove by, well, I went by in my buggy and, and it looks absolutely mad. My, my 10-year-old daughter, who's, you know, thinks she's too old for, for kids clubs, when she saw that, she's like, I want to go there. So she's probably there right now, actually. But as we speak, but, you know, you brought up the trees. The trees here are, I, I've never, you know, been to a resort where you pay so much attention to the tree. Everywhere you turn, there's some beautiful, massive tree. And, and I, I truly love the way you can be standing here at a certain part in the resort and not at all know that you are, there are villas in the mountains because you can't, they're, they're so tucked away. And, and hidden so you do preserve that beautiful jungle landscape spilling down onto a couple of spectacular beaches. Well, it is, it is a, a fantastic place and a wonderful new, like you said, new type of resort in Mexico. I want to jump to another one of my favorite destinations, and that is Montenegro. Now, are you, is your property there open now or is it about to open? Okay, so tell us a little bit about that because this is a country too that I feel like not as many people have been there, at least not as many Americans, and it offers so many of the wonderful things that, that people love about Croatia, Italy, these types of destinations. Tell us about your new property there and why you believe Montenegro is just a, a ripe for discovery. I so much agree. I mean, with you, this is really a kind of a, a non-destination still today that many, many people have not been or visited so far. So I think the fact that having a one and only will really motivated people to go and discover this beautiful country. This is such an iconic resort. It sits right at the entrance of the bay, the Bay of Kotor. It's absolutely a beautiful architecture. You have one of the resorts with the largest number of pools, so beautiful areas where you can at night enjoy your sunset drinks and uh, watching the sun going down to the bay. It's fully immersed by nature. So you have plenty of activities that you can do outside of the hotel. But it's a nautical resort. You know, it's a nautical resort with a Riviera Fair. And then you have so much activity over the summer and even over fall to do there. Now, is this how, how far out of the town of Kotora? Because that's a very interesting destination as well, the city of Kotora. Are you right near there? or Right near there. So we are just a 20 minutes boat ride. So you can take a boat in from the resort, go explore the city. That's fantastic. Yeah. Most of the things you can do by boat, you know, which make it very, very special. You can go see the Blue Cave. You can go to the other side of the bay to uh, Porto Montenegro. You can go to so many areas by boat, which is all provided by the hotel. So, you know, it's a mix between a Riviera experiences that you might know south of France. Like this, you add as well a bit of a Venetian experiences plus the beauty of the landscape and really the Montenegrin colleagues are just amazing. So it's a mix of all of those elements which making this place is a must visit. And it's something which everyone which go to that resort fall in love with the destination. It's very, very special. Near there, I understand you have a couple, you know, going south a little bit into Greece, you have a couple of resorts opening up there. Can you tell us a little bit about what you have going on there? So next year, we're opening actually two resorts in Greece. And you know how much Greece is a destination which is in the likes to everyone. <laughs> and by the way, this is a very, very good family destination vacation. I've been many, many times. You can go sailing, you can go 
exploring all of the island. I mean, it's really, really diverse. So we're opening two resorts. One is in Athens. And you know that Athens recently had really increases level of experiences dramatically. There's much more things to do in Athens than ever. You have a very, very interesting food and beverage scenes. The museum always have been very, very unique. So it's becoming a city which is very, very interesting to spend quite some time. Mm -hmm. And not only to going in Athens and then going to the different islands. Athens itself is worth a week of 10 days of vacation just to explore. And our resort will be along a beauty, beautiful locations with unique food and beverage offering. But the design and the way that we have done the different villas would be, again, a huge talking point. Where's the, the other property in Greece that you're opening? The other one is in Kia Island. Kia Island is, a, is an island which is not that much known. Only the Athenians know about it. <laughs> So it's like my secret about Rodri, you know, they have kept it secret for right. too long. So that would be a beautiful, beautiful resort, which is only 30 minutes by speedboat outside of Athens. Oh, wow. So you have a great opportunity to have an island lifestyle just a few minutes away of Athens. And the journey to go there is an adventure by itself. It's really beautiful, private beach outstanding, interrupted views. Each of the villa had a private pool, a tremendous spa, a great F&B offering. That would be the place to relax. That would be the place to deconnect. And again, getting really the vibes of Kia. Kia, Bruce, is very interesting because it's one of those islands which are in Greece self-sustainable. Everything that you need is growing on the island. So you have access to a lot of produce, that would be directly going to farm to tables and would be displayed in our restaurants. So you have two different experiences. One complements the other one. They're dramatically different and they're very, very unique. What's the timeline for these two Greece resorts? Are they next year? Summer next year. Okay. And so what, what's next after that? What, what do you have in the pipeline here? One which you will be excited, Bruce, because it's dear to your heart and close to you is one of only Montana. Big Sky is one of my favorite places. So yes, very cool. Tell us about that. We believe so far, any Alpine resort is very, very classic in the way that they are interpreted in terms of design, in terms of experiences. And there we're coming with an architect, we're coming with a team, we're coming with a very, very strong ownership to really creating something very, very unique. So we are back to the U.S. and that's coming summer 2024. I'm holding you to that date. I'm going to plan a visit for summer 2024. <laughs> but you know what's interesting about Biscay and, and, and Montana is that you can go all year long. Yeah. It's so nice during the summer, fly fishing, you can go golf. Yellowstone is only 45 minutes away. It is a spectacular all-year destination with some of the best skiing in, in all of the U.S. for sure. So this has come up a few times and clearly one and only is in the business of creating these unique experience, unique environments. But at the end of the day, it's all about the, the experiences that, that people have there. This is your, your world, your business. When was the last time that you had a moment on a trip that just reminded you of, of why you love to travel? Anytime I'm jumping in a plane, I really telling to myself, oh, lucky I am. You know, honestly, now we are in Mexico. I have been in Mexico for 10 days now. And I realize 
how much I love this country and how much there is much more to discover. But honestly, each time I'm going in a plane and get, you know, the virus of traveling and, and say, wow, I'm so lucky. Well, as a, a family of foodies, you definitely have to plan a trip to, to Mexico City. So I might have to talk to your, tw- your soon-to-be 20-year-old and suggest that as his, as his choice. So speaking of great food destinations, you're French. You, you haven't lived in, in France for, for a long time. How, how often do you go back home? How often and how important is that to bring your, your children back to France? So that's actually very important. I mean, um, I'm on the road with my family for the past uh, 20 years with my family, 21 years. So we've been lucky to living in many, many countries and experiences many, many places. But what was always important for us is to anchor our family to one places that they call home, where you go and when they grow relationship with their family members, with some friends, that they can really call that place home. So we are really making sure that we are at least traveling back to that place once per year. And it's important, Bruce, because it doesn't mean that where we're living today, Dubai is not home. Today, Dubai is our home. But the family base is in France. So we have a home and we have a base. And Strasbourg is our base and Dubai is our home. Well... Your boys have been very, very fortunate to have grown up and and traveled all over the world like that. And, uh, well, I feel very lucky to have had you on as guest today on on Travel That Matters. So thanks so much for joining us. It has been great having you on the show. Thanks, Philippe. And now for the Wallen Wrap-Up. Always great speaking with someone who is as passionate about family travel as I am. And I love Philippe's whole idea about letting your kids choose a destination at certain ages throughout their lives. To me, that whole process, the whole planning and anticipation of a big trip, it's a huge part of the fun. And and I, I think kids, at least my kids, I, they, they miss out on that a lot of the time. And, and you know, we might tell them about where we're going and, and what we're going to do. But it, for me, at least, I, I have a hard time conveying my excitement about a trip to my kids. And it's not that they don't have a great time on the the trips themselves. It's just that they don't really experience that excitement of anticipation in the same way that I do. Now, all great family adventures eventually come to an end. And so it is with my family's year abroad here in Mexico. We're heading back up to the States and we're going to make a fun little road trip out of it. I'll tell you, we have discovered so many wonderful places during our time here. And there have been so many memorable moments all great, admittedly, but but the vast majority of them, definitely, definitely so. I have obviously fallen deeper in love with Mexico. I talk about it all the time, and I would love to speak with you about Mexico. I really enjoy sharing my insights and advice about this country. I've been traveling all over the place. I have learned quite a bit. So if you have any questions about Mexico, about hotels, secret spots, safety issues, anything, send me an email at bruce at kurtco.com. That's bruce at C-U-R-T-C-O dot com. Or you can track me down on Instagram at Bruce Wallen Travel. Either way, I would be happy to give you any advice I can about exploring this amazing country, especially when it comes to exploring it with your family. For now, I wish you and your family the finest of summers and of summer vacations, and we will see you in the fall.
I'd like to thank Philippe Zubert for joining us today on Travel That Matters. For more information about some of the destinations we discussed today, please check out our show notes or visit kurtco.com backslash travel that matters. The show is produced for Kurt Co. by AJ Mosley. Music by Joey Salvia. Hosted by me, Bruce Wallen, and we will see you down the road. 